I also have realized that, like, when I don't have your face to look at, I just am looking at my own face and being like, man, I gotta get more sleep. <laughs> Is that... Are you having bad sleepies? I think... I think... Everyone in their mid to late 20s is not sleeping well in general, but uh, it is taking a toll on me in the face way. Day Tuesday podcast episode 326. My name is Jed Farber, and here is your host, Sam Ginsberg. Hi, I'm Sam Ginsberg. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to do Tyler, but I just can't make it work, you know. I, the listeners I used to a certain a certain vibe. This week we're going to be talking about the fallout of some Utah beer law that we thought was a good idea, I think, if I remember correctly. <laughs> the next phase of the uh founders racism backlash uh and some stuff about miller light and their ad that is confusing to me and it's just me and jed and now jed you know i like to i like to start the show off with a bang i like to start it off on a high note really get the listener engaged so i'm gonna need to know what you were drinking and what you think about it all right great really smart of you to do it this way yeah 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 I'm drinking Two Roads' Road Jam. It's jammed with 100% real berries. It's an ale brewed with raspberries and lemongrass added, and it's 5%, and I'm going to taste it right now. It's very red. It's very red. And mm. that, that's not a sour, is it? Uh, no, it's not a sour. I mean, it says ale brewed with raspberries and lemongrass added. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a sour to me. No. Um, I like it, though. It's delicious. You can definitely taste both the raspberries and the lemongrass i feel like the lemongrass gives it a less like a a less harsh like that makes the sour of the of the uh, raspberry like go away a little bit does that make sense that does make sense this observation actually i can <laughs> i can start to conceive of what this beer tastes like which is uh like a staggering departure from usual well, I figured I'd step it up since Tyler wasn't here. I, I feel a little bit like you and me on the podcast by ourselves is kind of like a, you're taking your kid to work day. Like today, Jed's going to be on or he's going to do a podcast today. So, you know, you also do the podcast the other times you do the podcast, right? Yeah, but that's when it's like, you know, I'm just I don't have to pull any weight. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. true. You can't just, like, dick around on your phone for 15 minutes because then I'll just be talking to myself for 15 minutes. Hey, I really try not to dick around on my phone when we're podcasting. I appreciate but, uh, that. Yeah, I like this a lot. I would, uh, I'm excited to drink it. It's not a very uh, harsh flavor. It's very light. It's definitely a summer beer. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to pretend that it's still summertime. What are you drinking, Samuel? Well, around here, it's getting pretty tough to pretend it's still summertime. <laughs> so I have a dark beer, but not the type of dark beer you might be thinking, even though based on, Jed, you can see on the camera, it's, oh, wow. it's very dark, uh, but it's not It's not a stout, which is how it looks. Uh, this is Fair State Brewing Cooperative Time Debt, which is a dark sour. 
7.3% alcohol by volume. I specifically picked this because I assumed you would have a sour and uh, you were coming on. But, um, yeah, there's so many words on here, and I don't really want to read them all. But one of the sentences is, uh, Time Debt is a dark sour beer fermented in bourbon and rye whiskey barrels uh, that add notes of wood smoke, vanilla, and char alongside strong acidity and funk. And in my experience with sours, I pretty much only get strong acidity and funk. And I, having not tasted it, I I think it's unlikely that it, that will change here, but we'll see. <laughs> I have never seen a sour that dark before, so I'm interested if you have. Uh, no, this is way darker than any sour I've seen. And that's like kind of why I was intrigued by it, because the idea of a, a dark sour is interesting to me. Yeah. And I, I was, like, ready to be like, yeah, I was right. I'm so smart. But the, the, the dominant flavor is definitely the acidity. But I get, I get a lot of wood at the end. And mm. I'm not – and it doesn't taste like – it doesn't taste cohesive at all. It's kind of just here's some flavors. And then also we have some other flavors over here if you'd like to enjoy those. <laughs> it, like, I don't know. It, it makes me think of a buffet where you're like – Here's tacos and here's pizza. And it's like, I like tacos and pizza, but it, but like they aren't complementing each other. It's just two different things. Right. Except I guess tacos and pizza is, is probably not the right way to say it because I don't really like the acidity of a sour. <laughs> so it's like if it was tacos and, I don't know, uh, olive tapenade, I'd be like, <laughs> wow. I'd probably just be like, I'm going to leave the olive tapenade there because I don't really like that shit. This podcast is for adults. <laughs> Uh, sorry, let me let me let me get an alt in here, just just mostly for your benefit, Jed. It'd yeah. be like if I had dinosaur-shaped chicken nuggets and just like a plate of boogers. Ew. <laughs> no, but you're you're trying to talk about two things that don't go together. Oh, you're, you're right. I'm the fool and the <laughs> child. <laughs> hey, I have a fun update that I want to start with the, at the top of the show before we get into an article and you know what tyler would do is say no article first and then content but you know what it's it's summer school baby i'm the substitute man i'm just <laughs> like whatever live in your truth dude yeah and i'm like the kid that's like sometimes a class clown but like trying to suck up to the you know the substitute because like there are people that are really being assholes and i'm like come on like you're being an like a bully to the substitute like, let's just, like, get through this together. You're being, like, a nerd with a heart of gold. Yes. <laughs> and usually nerds are pure evil, so this is very different from that. Speaking of nerds, the hurricane got married on Saturday. Oh, yesterday. awesome! Or uh, four days ago, whenever this podcast comes out. <laughs> uh, he got married on Saturday to... Uh, how much of the, those names should I believe, do you think? 100%. I was definitely going to bleep her name, but I didn't know about his. I don't know. I haven't got his permission. I'm going to leave in just his nickname. <laughs> bleep the hurricane bleep. Yeah, I mean, because anyone who knows of the hurricane, I trust to know this news about the hurricane. But if you don't know who we're talking about when we say the hurricane, then you don't deserve to. <laughs> I agree. But they had a delightfully nerdy wedding. It's awesome. I had met her many times before, and they had a lot of uh, epic fantasy quotes that were read at their wedding. They had a bunch, like on every table as the centerpiece, they had a quote from- Like I, Lord I of the Rings all, or whatever? Not Lord of the Rings, but like uh, Patrick Rothfuss, 
some Brandon Sanderson, His Dark Materials, I think, is the name of a book series. Yes, my producer is nodding. Yes. <laughs> Who's your producer? Um, is Douglas there? Yeah, but he, we didn't know that Doug was going to be home by the time we started because we pushed it back, and he also doesn't have a beer. So Doug's just producing this episode. Yeah, yeah I've, I've, uh, I have a producer on my end, too. We have the same number of producers as panelists, which seems weird. <laughs> that is weird. But, uh, yes, it was, a, it was a lovely wedding, and I had a wonderful time. I got the highly coveted text message invite to the wedding that's like, hey, we have room in our wedding for you. Would you like to come? And I was very happy to uh, go and share their special day with them. So so that's definitely a situation where they were like, we have 100 seats. Uh, we'll send out 100 invites. 80 people said yes, so we'll send out 20 text messages. <laughs> I don't know how many it was, but I was – I mean, the Allegheny College contingent was uh, one table size, so it definitely wasn't, I don't know. I don't know what level of, of invite I was at, but it was not a very big wedding, and it was it was great. It was exciting, and I loved it, and congratulations to those two who are avid listeners. <laughs> I'm sure. Congrats, The Hurricane. <laughs> oh, Man, I'm stoked for that dude. The ceremony, also, he stomped on, he broke the glass. Oh. oh, that's great. Because James's mother is Jewish, and their, their side of the, that side of the family is Jewish. Yeah, dude, that's fun as hell. I recommend it. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, friend of the show, the hurricane, Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov. <laughs> Speaking of Mazel Tov. Oh, shit, I have to do that this week, huh? <laughs> well, I figured I said all those words that then you would say something like that. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of was waiting for Tyler. I thought maybe he'd text me or something. <laughs> Tyler. Oh, man, I'm excited for Tyler to listen to this episode and give it a rating. <laughs> uh, hey, um, at that wedding, uh, was there any beer? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know how, I don't know how to pivot my answer into... <laughs> just, just answer the question. I got it. I got it. Yes. Yes. Uh, do you know if any of it was between 4 and 5% alcohol by volume? I do know that there was some, yes. Well, it's a, it wasn't in Utah, so that's not, strictly speaking, relevant. I don't know why you brought it up. <laughs> Let's go to the article uh, from uh, the Salt Lake Tribune. Why Utah liquor stores will dump cases of beer down the drain. And now this is a little bit of, a, uh, of an extremist clickbaity title. Uh, because not that much beer actually is going to go down the drain, but some will, and also this whole thing is wild. So we we talked about this before, Jed. I don't think you were on, but so basically, for reasons that may or may not be Mormonism related, Utah has some pretty uh, conservative alcohol laws, and one of them, up until recently, uh, was that to get beer higher than four percent alcohol by volume, you had to go to a liquor store. Four and under, which was like used to be a way bigger deal, having four and under beer, uh, had could be purchased at uh, at other places, but four plus was liquor stores. So they passed this law increasing that limit from four to five, which is still like super low. That yeah. you, you, if you're gonna get, uh, if you're gonna get, you know, Bud Light Platinum, you have to go to the liquor store because that <laughs> that shit's too hard, you know. Right. But a little bit of a snafu with this law is. Not only is, will that will that range get in, increased 
for for grocery stores, there it's being taken away from liquor stores. Oh. So now liquor stores can sell five plus, and grocery stores can sell up to five. Which means if you're a liquor store that has alcohol uh, between four and five percent ABV, which is probably a lot of your stuff, because you know PBR and Bud Light and all that stuff is all in that four to five range. Yeah. Uh, you as of November first will not be able to sell it. Wow. Uh, so they're you know marking down their beer significantly. To, you know to get rid of it before it'll be illegal to sell it and then if they have if they have stock outstanding by the end then you know legally speaking they have to dispose of it uh, my guess is if you work there that's a great day because you're yeah. gonna dispose of it by taking it home but but like that's crazy but the the kind of the next level of thing is the implication for liquor stores here long term which is all of these you know the the most popular beers most of the most popular beers are in that four to five sweet spot and it's and they'll just that's revenue that they'll never be able to get yeah uh, that's that's wild that they are literally losing all of those incredibly popular beers yeah it's it's so weird to me it makes me wonder if there was a lobbyist that wanted to screw over liquor stores or if it was people just didn't consider it you know it just is it just doesn't make sense to me why they would need to change that because like this is only an inconvenience to people but it doesn't seem how would this affect the economy like you're literally just saying these things have to be sold at this place instead of that place yeah i think the the idea at least originally as it was pitched was consumers will like this because you know I'm going to the grocery store to pick up milk and bread anyway, and I want to buy some beer to have around the house. It's nice to be able to get something higher than four. You know, Old Milwaukee's my drink of choice, so it's nice that I can grab some while I'm here, whatever. Um, right. So, like, it seems like a win for the consumer. And I guess it is a, it is a win for the consumer, really. But it is, uh, you know, and, and I guess it's also a win for grocery stores, but it's, you know, it's a huge blow to liquor stores. And it's yeah. just... It makes no sense to me that you couldn't just buy it both places. Like, it would still be a blow to liquor stores because they're going to lose out on a bunch of business because people will be buying it at the grocery store. But this, like, next level is so bonkers to me. It, it, it honestly makes me think about, like, I think when people make laws, sometimes they don't think them through. And I guess, like, that's not that hot of a take when you get down to it. But I think about it a lot with Brexit where, mm. you know, a bunch of people had a bunch of rhetoric about you know britain being independent and not needing the eu and have the eu as leeches or whatever and they were like yeah let's leave the eu but before we leave the eu let's not really consider before we vote let's not consider any of the long-term or even short-term repercussions of this and then it was decided they would leave the eu and then everyone was like oh hey there are 80 things we have to solve now and and everyone's like ah shit was this was this a bad idea after all? <laughs> and obviously this is not a Brexit scale fuck up, but it does make me feel like someone in some meeting should have been like, hey, wait, aren't we going to fuck a bunch of people over? Yeah, really. I wonder if they can sell. Also, I wonder if they can sell their 4 to 5% beers to distributors. <laughs> like, no, they like... can't. It's, it says it specifically in the article they can't sell it back. Oh, wow. Yeah, since Tyler's not here, I actually read the article this time. Yeah, I've been uh, skimming it. I also really like the quote 
where they're talking about the guy that's like, oh man, you're going to have to dump all your beer. And they're like, well, it's <laughs> going to be much worse when those customers don't come back than it is going to be to just lose those few beers that we have. Like, <laughs> Yeah, which is why the, um, the headline is, it's very grabby, but doesn't really get at the, the core issue. But, right. but also like, hey, a lot of sales that they could potentially be getting in the future, now they can't get any more in the future. It's like, you know, it's less, it's less snappy. It should be why Utah liquor stores will dump <laughs> cases of customers down the drain. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be why Utah liquor stores are going to go out of business. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe not. The, plenty, of, plenty of liquor stores, well, liquor stores in PA don't sell beer. Yeah, I know, but I guess I'm not saying all of them will. Yeah. But some of them will. It it depends, you know. Some places do most of their business with craft beer, some do most of it with wine, some do most of it with hard A. But if most of them were just selling racks to frat parties, then, you know, they're fucked. Yeah, that's that sucks. That sucks for them. That really does. Cuz it's not a bad it wasn't a bad business model to have been selling those cheap beers and some liquor and it's now just completely destroyed it, it just makes me think about uh everyone shouting about the free market i don't know i don't like i don't even have a point that i'm making it's just like it's important to remind people that we're not in a free market and you can't just assume we're always, always in a free market and sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes that's a bad thing depending on who you are <laughs> but man speaking of fucking hemorrhaging money you want to talk about what i've been up to I would love to. I almost did pivot into what you've been up to, but that was a very relevant segue, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, so my garage door, we had someone out to repair the garage door a couple years ago, and he said, this is the worst shape I've ever seen a garage door in and still functional. <laughs> and we kind of were like, all right, we'll get around to replacing it eventually. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And of course, we waited for it to break entirely. Um, oh my god <laughs> so now we have to open and close the garage door manually which is a pain wow uh and also it's getting cold fast yeah it's uh, gonna be the winter times yeah and this shit's mad expensive hey speaking of expensive since you brought it up we need someone to shred our basement to install a sump pump mm-hmm. that shit's also mad expensive yeah and, and so what i've been thinking about with all this money i'm spending is about how a lot of the time in, you know, in various cultural perspectives, but like, I think you see it a lot in, in hip hop culture. It's all about showing off how much money you have, you know, bottle service, fancy cars, that type of thing. Yeah. Would it be effective at making me seem, uh, I don't know, street or, or in any way credible if mm-hmm. I just like carried around my receipts from <laughs> getting the garage door replaced and getting the basement fixed? Like, look at look at how much money I'm dropping dropping on this house that I'm not even sure how long we want to stay here. <laughs> I mean, like, like that sort of you know frivolous spending is is how you show off in those in in those uh, contexts. Would that work? Do you think? I think that if you made a music video of you paying the contractors to fix your basement and your garage would be very effective to give you street cred. Yes. And if we're buying a new couch from IKEA. Does that don't, also, does that help? Don't put too? that. Do not put that Do in Do not put video. that. Okay. No. Right, because Ikea is a foreign company. Right. I right. get it. I get it's it. It's not timely, you know? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. I'll cut this. I, I don't want anyone to, <laughs> to hear about my hidden shame. Yes. 
And now, uh, with, yeah. with this music video, is that going to be hammered at all by my complete and utter lack of musical talent? Well, I figured you'd just have three stacks rap because she's one of the greatest rappers of all time. Yeah, but she's out of the game, dog. Yeah, but, you know, if you could just get her on a feature, I think she still does features. I've heard a few features recently. Yeah, I guess if I can just get, like, eight bars out of her and, uh, th- and then frame yeah. them, frame them really well, then, you know, it'll frame be them. it'll be my song technically, but really it'll people will think of it as her song. I mean, Frank Ocean's got a song with three stacks where literally Frank Ocean does not have any vocals on the entire track, so. Yeah, check that. You guys check that out. I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. I have a question that's not relevant to any sort of segue that you might have been I'm so so glad you interrupted me because I had nothing I was trying to pivot but I was not sure where I was going I was going to ask how three stacks is and why three stacks isn't on the show Uh, three stacks is right here hi Hi. Uh, I don't know I guess I should have had three stacks on also (laughs) I offered to be on and you were like "Uh, I don't really care Uh, but I'm drinking the beer I've had before I think Oh shit! That's high crimes. Well, I mean, she can't. Uh, she can't rate it legally. I can't rate it, or I have to again's day. I don't want to again's day. Yeah. Wait, what's again's day? Is no, that that's the crime sort of I'm committing. Yeah, I have to be punished. Did you do you not remember again's day Wednesday? Were you not a part of that? I remember uh, wine's day Wednesday. Well, again's day Wednesday was from back in college. When every now and then we would bring back. A Bruce Day Tuesday beer to try it again's day on a Wednesday. Wow. Uh, Was it, did you ever bring back the beer that you had had on the previous Tuesday? No, I mean, it was always like, we had this a year ago, let's see how our tastes have changed. We only yeah. did it a few times. Did I ever show you the analytics on Bruce Day Tuesday? No, so, you told me about them and never sent them to me. Oh, sh- Okay, I'm gonna... I'm gonna have to send those to you because... I don't know if there's a winner, but I feel like I won. The thing is, I, I feel like if you're if you're bringing beer for everyone, so this is this is probably like a difference between how I think of Brisee Tuesday and a lot of other people think of Brisee Tuesday. I don't think that your goal as the bringer of the beer for Brisee Tuesday should be get the one that the most people will like. I think it should be get the one that's the most interesting. Oh, this is has nothing. The analytics have nothing to do with the beer that people bought. That's not included in the analytics. Oh, then I don't understand what it was. Uh, he did analytics on how much variance each person's rating had, like how consistent they were to their own scale. Also, he compared all the ratings to the Beer Advocate. Oh, um, interesting. Ratings, and yeah, and it was uh, it was pretty cool how he ended up doing it. I'll send it to you. Maybe we can review it on a on a future bruise. Sure. I mean, you do a sort of version of that with Untapped, where uh, if you're friends with Sam on Untapped, he has probably checked out what the bell curve of your ratings looks like to determine if you uh, just generally rate things very high or actually spread it out. Okay. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting to look at. at um, you can you can check, like, career ratings yeah. on Untapped check-ins, essentially. And one thing that's interesting to note is... The, you it's it's rating of zero to five stars and there are are quarter stars is 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 uh as small as the increments get they used to only do half stars so every time you look at someone's graph who's been on for a while it is like a weird little stair step function that goes up and down <laughs> because it used to be that I couldn't give it 
you know, three and three quarter stars, and now I can. But oh. also, mine is pretty well fit to a bell curve, other than that weird zigzagging. Uh, and, <laughs> like, a lot of people that I know, like, have no check-ins under three. And, like, three stacks is dad I give a bunch of crap to because he rates things way too high. And there are some people, like like Boris, you can tell he mostly rates things three plus, And every now and then will give something a one to, like, make a point. To be like, this fucking sucks. But, like, anything that's, like, tolerable automatically gets a three or a three and a half. So they used to have half steps or they used to not have – They it was whole steps? They used to – they always had half steps. They used to not have quarter steps. Okay. Okay. So it's not from a whole step to a quarter step. It's just from a half step to a quarter step. Yeah. Rating, rating on a scale of one to five with half steps, even though it – gives you the same range as a one to 10 scale, it makes it way harder. I think like, I, I feel like I'd have so many beers that were a three or a 3.5. Yeah. A lot of people do. Yeah. Whereas if I, I'd have a lot more variance in a one to 10 scale, just based on, I don't know, it's just easier. I think for me to mentally like spread out those numbers. I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure there have been studies on, like, how people tend to rate things on even, like, a 1 to 10 scale. And uh, this is a thing that I only vaguely remember from work. So, like, maybe it was just a work thing. But, like, people, if you give them a 1 to 10 scale, if they think that something is, like, just okay, they'll rate it, like, a 6 to a 7. If they think it's pretty good, they'll rate it, like, an 8. But, like, very few people give anything a 10, and very few people give anything that isn't like horrible less than a five so like the actual like middle ground of like this is fine this is exactly neutral they'll still give like a six to seven so the scale is functionally five to nine or whatever like it yeah you can't you can't look at it and say like well this is a seven which means people feel okay about it you can't just like put it on a a zero to ten Zero is the worst possible thing imaginable, and ten is the best possible, and expect that each step means the same thing. I mean, that's right. the thing with subjective ratings to begin with, is my 8 out of 10 is a lot different from your 8 out of 10, and also my 2 out of 10 is probably different from your 2 out of 10. It doesn't even mean that one of us is right or wrong, we're just different, and it's all subjective. Well, the goal is, I think you can actually ascribe a right or wrong to it, because you can compare it, like... It's about consistency within your own scale, you know? So, yeah, like, that's that's fair. But but even, even you know, you like sours and I don't. Right. So, like, you're going to rate it higher and I'm not, and that doesn't actually make it better. Right, right. But if I'm – but then if I'm rating a beer that I – if I say this bullshit where all of my sours are nine point whatever I rate it, then it's like, okay, well, the whole scale, like, there's no <laughs> integrity to my scale any longer. You so know you're I mean? talking about, like, a meta rating of how 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 worth listening to is your scale. Exactly. exactly. And yours is like, shit on Bruce Day. Well, yeah, it's like it's like what Three Stacks is saying with, like, if, you're, if your stone-cold average beer is a 6 to a 7, then it's like, well, you're never giving a beer a certain rating, like what's a beer that's a little bit below average? Like if that's a five and then you never give beers fours or threes and beers you don't like, you're giving twos or ones, then the integrity of your scale is completely off and you can no longer be trusted. 
unless it's someone who happens to agree with all of your opinions. Then they then they'll see the number and maybe the number slightly off. But really, I don't care whether it's a four versus a six. I just want to know what are the what are the nines and tens? What are the ones and twos? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess it's more compare. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it breaks down more when you compare people's scales to each other, which is yeah, of course, completely subjective. But man, but speaking I, speaking of things you can compare to each other. Oh, boy. Oh, there isn't a way to do this that isn't racist. <laughs> Speaking of things that are racist, uh, Founders Bruco. So we've done a couple articles about Founders Bruco and their racist stuff. And so I'll just sum up some of the stuff real quick, mostly for Jed's benefit. So there was uh, an employee that a, – a, a black dude at Founders that – reported some coworkers for using the n-word in conversations with him and also uh having printers in the office labeled white guy printer and black guy printer which is so weird and uh he he reported reported this and it kind of kept happening for a little while and then eventually this guy ended up getting fired and founders says that it's because he didn't fulfill his obligations within his job and he thinks it's because he was making too much of a stink about uh his coworkers being super racist and there's not a whole this is supposed to be a follow-up but there's not that much actual new information here but there's there's one thing in here and this and as always this will be in the show notes if you want to read it this exchange is so wild the founders detroit general manager dominic ryan who is the guy who fired uh tracy evans He's interviewed about him uh, and asked some pretty straightforward questions and and gives the run run around so hard. It's 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 such total madness that like I can't even read the whole thing, even though it's really mostly just this one question. So uh, he asks uh, the guy interviewing asks uh, when he first met him and he actually answers that question. And then uh, the third question here is, are you aware that Tracy is black? And so this, this to me comes across as this uh, reporter like trying to come up with a couple of facts that everyone can agree on early to kind of lay a foundation so you can ask the next layer of questions. But this, he's given so much resistance to this question. Ryan's uh, uh, first answer is, what do you mean by that? Were you aware that Tracy is African-American? I'm not sure of his lineage, so I can't answer that. All right. Are you aware that Tracy's a man of color? What do you mean by that? Do you know what a white person is versus a black person? Can you clarify that for me? And so it goes on like this for a while, and um, it, I'm not sure if this guy is intentionally trolling or not, but it gets to a point where the guy interviewing him gets so frustrated that he says, what about Michael Jordan? Do you know if Michael Jordan is black? And then the guy says, I never met him. So... I talked to Emily about this a little bit, and, and she was saying before, it's probably him trying to not say anything that can get him in trouble. But the thing is, I don't think that this succeeds at all at, if, if his goal is to, to do a doesn't see color type of argument, it's not convincing. And I don't, it, it just I, makes I, him seem like a, like a weird, angry troll. Well, I don't think he's trolling at all. I, I think that he's like, this is the tactic, not like to troll the the uh you know lawyer but to instead like 
the lawyer is trying to build his argument based on these answers. So if Ryan doesn't answer the question, which is like a very straight, seemingly straightforward question, then the lawyer can't build his argument. You know, like, I mean, it's ridiculous, but if the lawyer's argument, what's his name, Schultz? If Schultz's argument is that Ryan was being prejudiced based on Tracy's race, and Ryan just completely never answers the question of, do you know that like Tracy is a different race than you? Then like, you can't build that argument, you know? Emily is is nodding along with you, so I think that's the point she was trying to make earlier, and I guess I didn't follow it. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think this is this is an interview with a reporter, not actually like a court document, but I'm sure there is an active lawsuit and he doesn't want there to be anything on record that like could be used against his character as like, well, you said this thing in this interview. This like, is, I'm sure uh, his lawyers have told him, don't answer anything <laughs> that like even remotely could be used against you. This is a transcript of uh, Schultz is um, Evan's attorney. So this is because if there are objections in this specifically, I think there's. I think that these are Ryan's attorney making the objections now. Yes, Patrick Edsenga is Ryan's is the founder's attorney making objections. So yeah. this is definitely a deposition. I don't know if I'm using that. To term be clear, correctly. I did not read the article. Sam told me about it uh, while I was making cookies. Yeah. So these. So this back and forth is. Uh, on the record, and it was provided to the press by Schultz, by Tracy Evans's lawyer. So this was like in the courtroom because I think. So wait, was it in the courtroom though? Because I would think if there were a court, if we were in a courtroom as opposed to a deposition, like you said, which is a word that I think you're using correctly, but I'm not actually that sure. I would think that a judge would compel this guy to answer the question because he's clearly dodging the question, and a judge isn't going to tolerate that. Uh, well, this was. One, I believe it was in front of a judge because of the objections, I think specifically. Um, and two, I think that maybe that the reason that he didn't compel him to answer is because you get to the end where you get a question like, to your knowledge, to your knowledge was, I think it's Kwame Kilpatrick? Yeah. Well, to your knowledge was Kwame Kilpatrick black? And Ryan says, he's, says I, and then Schultz says, you don't know? Ryan says, I don't know. So he then is admitting that he doesn't know if the former Detroit mayor was black. And that's like, you can, it's like, okay, well, if you're not going to answer the question, then I'm going to build a new argument that you are just being like completely ridiculous. Like I'll find a lie in here, you know, like, I don't know. I think that was the, the tactic that he later went to like to demonstrate, like maybe later he tried to compel him. He asked the judge to compel him to answer. But I, I guess I'm not sure that the fact that there's objections means that there's a judge there. I think maybe they just want it on the record. Because you don't see the judges reply to any of these objections. But but I, I none of us went to law school and really know what we're talking about. That's definitely true. I, can you not? hear can you hear Citra barking right now? I sure can. Okay. Hey Stax, would you mind? <laughs> can you? There's dogs barking <laughs> outside, so I don't know. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, there's there's some neighbor dogs are barking, and uh, Citra has to make sure that they know that she's 35 pounds of fury. Ah, <laughs> oh, Citra. She's such a little dummy. 
Yeah, so I, I'm not really sure what will come out of this. The The nice thing about it for me is I kind of was concerned that it was just all going to get dropped, and I was going to be like, well, I think Founders is a bunch of shitheads, and a lot of other people now think Founders is a bunch of shitheads, but this guy got fired for you know fighting for his right to be black in the workplace and that's really fucked up and nothing's ever going to come of it and i'm you know maybe nothing ever will come of it but at least it looks like there's still some momentum to this yeah i mean their founders did admit that it was aware of two instances where employees said the n-word in a conversation with evans and they didn't immediately get fired so i i don't know that kind of implies that they were fired but it also kind of seems like their use of the n-word was not related to their firing so uh yeah i i think i think they have uh founders has claimed to have a zero tolerance racism policy and not enforced it at least in those two cases probably others but you know i i think this will keep unfolding and we'll keep not really understanding it yeah i agree speaking (laughs) of things i don't understand what's your fucking job again okay so i pull medical data for researchers. So I go into the Cerner and Epic systems and I write my little queries and I give them all the inpatient outpatient data that they're looking for so they could do the research. I was really more trying to get you to give me your content or was your content just uh, the hurricane's wedding? Well, I'm trying to figure out what my content is because I usually just make up some bullshit on the spot like what I've been up to. I never prepare that's when you pair in advance for the listener that isn't familiar with that crazy <laughs> word he just said. I, could you hear me break down the word? <laughs> I heard you struggle through it somehow. I prepared. But yeah, I went outside climbing for the second time ever. That's something I did. Bouldering, so they call it. Bouldering, they do call it. They don't call it that if you're not bouldering, but we were bouldering, so they do call it that. Right. Um, and it's really weird because when you're inside, when you're going inside, you're like, you know... Usually, if, if you're working on hard problems that you're not good at, you can work on them for a while. But outside, specifically, we worked on two problems for four hours, and I didn't finish either of them, and it was fine. Like, I had a great time. <laughs> like, it was just we drove an hour and a half. We drove to West Virginia, and we climbed for four hours, and we were, like, trying to send these two projects that were harder than any other projects I've ever climbed outside and I couldn't get them and it was fine. Like I had a great fucking day, but it's like, if I did that indoors, I would be, (laughs) if I worked on two problems indoors and couldn't send either of them the entire session, I'd be like, I fucking hate this. (laughs) So yeah. So use a couple of terms there, problem and project. (laughs) And now I can use context to figure out what you meant, but I think, it's interesting. Those are not terms that I would guess would be climbing terms, like just because they don't sound rad enough. So what I would like you to do is, and now you can take a couple minutes. I can cut any yeah. any dead air. Yeah. I want you to think of uh, two actual slang terms that I won't have heard about rock climbing, and also make one up and tell me all three and see if I can guess which one is the fake. Okay, I have to think of three problems. Shit. So I have to make one up. That's what's going to take time is that I have to figure out one. We got the time, man. Take the time. Also, I don't know a shit ton of climbing terms, so I might make one up that's actually real. It seems unlikely, but I suppose it's possible. Okay. Are you ready? 
Yeah, hit me. A jar, so not A J A R, just J A R, right? Jar, a grigri, okay, uh-huh. and a crimp. Okay, so grigri sounds too obviously fake to be fake, so I'm going to say grigri is real. And so the others were jar and crimp? Yes. Mm. Those both seem like they could be real. I'm going to say jar is made up. Yeah, jar is made up. Yes! <laughs> a grigri is like a belay device. It's So it's like I kind of cheated because that's not a climbing term. That's sure it is. It's the name of a piece of equipment. And then a crimp is a type of is a is a way to hold a specific hold. And like three sex, you've done a bit of rock climbing. Did you know those terms? Yes. So you you knew before I answered that I was correct when I said jar. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a genius. Yes. I mean, anyone. So if you're a if you boulder, you like I've never used a grigri before, but you've probably heard of one. But crimp is like everyone would know what that was if they've bouldered with anyone that has that knows what they're doing with climbing. Like, yeah. Oh man, I should have said. Uh, no, never mind. Do you want to do? We can do another round if you if you have one you really want to bust out. Yeah, yeah, but I gotta I gotta think of the fake one again. Okay. Um, oh, okay. How about I do three different types of holds? Okay. And one of them is fake. Yeah, one of them is fake. Okay. Okay, you ready? I know a crimp is real. I've learned that recently. Yeah, I'm not going to use that word. Shit! Okay, we have a jug. Now, a jug sounds a lot like a jar. A hook. A jug, a hook, and a sloper. Okay. Jug, a hook, and a sloper. So I'm going to say jug is real because I think that's how you came up with jar. (laughs) That's not how I came up with jar, but it is real. Yes. Uh... (laughs) Three, three six. The look, the look on three six's face right now. She seems so suspicious and confused. Uh, do you want to let us in on your brain? This, this is a, this is a trap. No, it's not a trap. Those are all real things. Well, these are specific types of holds. I guess they're not, strictly speaking, all types of holds. Right. But they are why. all things. Uh, so, so, so one of these is a fake out in like it's not a it's not a hold but it is a term for when you do a backflip off the rock at the end or something yeah you, yeah, you call that a sloper <laughs> well now that you've made this joke i'm gonna say whatever the other one was is the fake one a hook hook hook's a fake well you would never call a hold a hook you could call it a toe hook or a heel hook but you would never call it a hook it's a way right? of holding which is different than like. So it's a category of hold. Well, no, this is this is a different conversation. <laughs> Jed, you're a shitbot. Or was I right? Was it hook? Yeah, oh, you're right. You're a shitbot. What did I do? Just like even if I were, if I, I, I'm not actually that mad. But if I had been wrong, oh, I would have been mad because I wouldn't have been that wrong. But as long as we can agree that I'm great and smart. Speaking of things that are great and smart, great and smart marketing. Is this that? Probably not. We'll find out. From uh, fastcompany.com, why Miller Lite is scorning social media to fight the new war in beer advertising. So in this article is an embedded YouTube link, which is just a Miller Lite ad. Question mark. Um, and I, th- I think it's, it's worth watching. It's 90 seconds long, which is a super long ad. But whether it's effective or not, I think is debatable. I think it does what it's trying to do well at the very least. It's basically the idea is 
there are all these individuals and there are a bunch of strangers following them around and they're like, what the fuck? And then uh, eventually they all meet up at a bar and have a beer together and uh, the tagline or whatever is, three good friends is better than 3,000 followers or something like that. I, I got I got that wrong, but I got the gist. Uh-huh. Uh, and so the idea being, hey, quit giving a shit about social media and just have a beer with a friend in person. <laughs> And, and this is another one that Stax and I discussed a little bit. And she was saying, having having not seen the ad, this really seems like it's geared towards boomers, you know, because boomers want you to want you to get off the dang telephone and whatever, whatever. You know, they don't understand Instagram or whatever. I also don't understand Instagram, but that's fine. Uh, it seems You're like it seems, it seems like people put pictures on Twitter and called it a new program, and I don't understand why it's anything else. All it, all of those make me mad. I think not for the same reasons they make boomers mad, but I don't use them because they make me mad. But but the thing is that the the like three main characters of the video are all like young, attractive, hip people. So it seems like they're advertising to to a younger crowd. Maybe the you know the pseudo enlightened group that's like, hey man, experiences man, that that type of thing, which I don't know if, if that's actually a person or just an idea. Uh, I think the, the the very last sentence of this article sums it up really well, but I don't want you to read that, Jed. I want you to tell me your thoughts and not read it yet. Okay, I have not read it. Um, I think that <laughs> I think that this type of thing is so stupid. <laughs> I don't care. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think that the marketing... Like this type of marketing is just like whatever, like whatever. <laughs> like if it works, they're doing the analytics on it. If this works for them, then they're smart for doing it. And if it doesn't work, then they're dumb idiots. <laughs> like, but like in terms of how I specifically feel about that type of a message, it's not very, I don't know. I don't think it's very offensive. It's just like, like the, there's a headline in the article or one of the sub, sub, titles is welcome to the new beer wars and then there's even a sentence separated by large spaces that says welcome to the new beer wars so they're really hammering that home and i'm just like i don't i think the idea is they're you know they're doing this weird promotion where it's like if you unsubscribe from something on social media and tell miller light then they'll venue venmo you some money to buy miller light or something like that and uh, and they're gonna stop doing social media for a couple weeks to like hammer this whole social media is dumb thing home. And I, I think the argument they're making with "Welcome to the New Beer World" is this is a little different from a normal advertising campaign, just in that there's like a little bit of extra shit going on. And I think maybe they're saying the new beer wars is you have to get more creative with your advertising rather than just run an ad and see if it works. Or or maybe they're saying. The new beer wars can't use social media, but I don't I don't understand why that would be the case because it seems like a lot of companies like when you look at uh, Wendy's social media who just like kill it all the time and get them a bunch of good press. Like I don't know if you're good at it, why you would stop. Yeah, I don't. It's free don't. to tweet. I don't know why you wouldn't just tweet all the time. I don't know. I mean, we we live in a world where like with cancel culture and stuff like that, it's. I don't know, like you can really get free internet points for doing certain things. I mean, you can really get free internet points for doing things on either side of the spectrum. Like you can be like, 
this beer is for men only. And it's like, okay, well, you're probably going to hit your target demographic really well with that one. And then there are beers that are like all inclusive. And it's like, oh, all inclusive. Like, I'm going to get that because they're all inclusive. Or they, you know, fired the racist guy that works at their distributor. So I don't know. This is just another, it's just another. Just another cog in the machine, man. So you're very <laughs> jaded to this message. I really am, but it's I don't know. But I but I'm jaded in a way that's like I'm not taking myself seriously either. I don't. <laughs> I, I think the 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 like final conclusion thesis here is uh, I think it agrees with us, but states it a little differently. The bet here is that young drinkers will buy the message of a real connection coming from a global corporation using perhaps the most contrived communication there is an ad. Right. Which, you know, makes a good point. Are you really going to trust fucking Miller Lite to tell you how to live your life? They're, you know, a huge company that doesn't give a fuck about you. Yeah. I'm I'm watching the show The Boys right now. I just started it. I fucking Oof, love it. That show, man. I it's I, I enjoy it, but it is pretty brutal and it gets brutaler. So just buckle up for that. It is already pretty brutal. So thank you for the it's, heads up. I mean, it's brutal. What? three minutes in yeah that oh, first kill brutal. oh my god i was like is that was such a sh- this is so if you haven't if you haven't watched the show at all uh i guess fast forward two minutes because i'm not going to give any background uh i was so excited in that first scene to be like oh awesome there's going to be a like a strong female minority character here i feel like we, we don't get that much repre- representation and she like seems like she's fully realized it isn't just like a one-dimensional person i'm i'm like so i'm you know i'm i'm looking forward to seeing how her character unfolds and then she gets turned into a fine red mist three minutes in yeah uh so that was that was pretty frustrating because i feel like it was just a big fridging right off the bat yeah i I just i i wish the inciting incident had been different like like you know kill his brother or something honestly (laughs) i i I would have rather it been been that because it's just the idea of the 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 man's love interest being killed and that's what spurs him to action is so fucking overdone, especially in comic books. And obviously this is, isn't a comic book, but it's very stylistically similar to comic books and it's just so fucking overdone and I was, I was, I was pretty mad at the show for doing that, but, but for the most part I like it. Yeah, but also his love interest being killed wasn't even what spurned him into this. It was like someone being like, hey, you should be upset that your love interest was killed. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, I'm not upset. And then he's like, okay, well, if you're not upset, I'm going to leave you forever. He's like, okay, I'm a little upset. Yeah, you're right. It was he couldn't even uh, he couldn't even get it together for that to be the inciting incident. Someone else had to help him (laughs) incite it. Uh, Also, uh, Simon Pegg is his father. So check check out the show. A very minor character, but yeah. He's got an, uh, an English, an American accent, so that's cool. Yeah, it's de- he does a decent American accent. He does a decent American accent. I agree. Speaking of things that may or may not be decent, how was your beer? I'm going to finish the last sip. I saved the last little sip. Got to save that last dance. Got to save that last dance with uh, Road Jam. I like the beer. It was very easy to drink. This is a really good summer beer for all of you that live in the deep south and don't have to experience winters. It was like I, I drank it so fast because it was so it was such a light beer. It's five percent, which is definitely higher than I would expect it to taste. 
So anyone that is looking for a, a good summery beer that still has, you know, has a little bit in there, I would recommend this to you. I, I, I think it's hard for me to rate because I, it's like an above average. I think I give this like a 7.5 where it's like a, an above average beer. I enjoyed it. It's definitely not a winter beer. You definitely wouldn't really want to drink it in the winter. If you drank too much of it, you, I think you kind of get sick from like the sugar, mm. like the fruity flavors. But if you're going on a picnic and you're having three or four of these, it's a good it's a good picnic beer. Yeah. How is that? How'd I do? I know when and when not to drink it. So I'd, I'd say that's a, I don't know, a B. Ooh, a B. That's better than I did on most of my classes at Allegheny College. <laughs> I had Time Debt by Fair State Brewing Cooperative. And as I drank it, I got more and more of the wood flavor to, to like almost an aggressive extent. I feel like a lot of the time you don't get the wood from barrel-aged stuff. But it kind of just reminded me of like the smell of a playground with wood chips rather than like a rich, oaky character. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, this is what I imagine chewing on wood chips would taste like. <laughs> That's... <laughs> That's not nice. <laughs> no. Oh, this is going to be a negative review if, that, <laughs> if you weren't prepared for that. No, honestly, I'm not even sure it's it's fair to say it's necessarily negative. This reminded me a lot of drinking red wine. It's, uh, it's like, mm. dark and rich and acidic and fruity, and it made me make a little bit of a face, and there was a woody character to it. And, like, a lot of that stuff is similar to me drinking red wine. The thing about red wine and me is how I don't like it. You haven't found the right red wine yet. Uh, maybe. Uh, and I, this isn't it. So I'm going to give it a 2.7. And I would recommend this to people who are big red wine fans who want to, <laughs> who want an easy transition into beer. This might be that maybe. I, I tell you what, I definitely want to try that beer. It's funny that you say that the way you did, because your review made me very interested though. The very dark stout like coloring immediately made me intrigued but yeah yeah i i kind of expected more malty character from a dark sour even though it doesn't tell me that it's going to happen i just think when i see a beer this dark i expect it to be malty that's like the wood chip flavor isn't it though it, like it, it, it might be there. it might be i'm not sure you might have a tough time finding this this is from the twin cities so you might you might not be able to find it out your way but yeah if if you can find this please bring it on the show because i'm curious what you would think of it yeah, it'd be cool. This is usually the part where Tyler would ask me what I'm drinking next week. So I'm going to ask you, Jed, what are you going to drink the next time you're on the show? You know what? I was just thinking about asking you, what are you going to drink next week? Ah, fuck. I have to answer it. Fuck. I think I have a pecan pie beer. Maybe I'll have that. Ooh, that sounds lovely. I'll, uh, I don't know. I usually go to Giant Eagle or I go to Caliente, which is, was shut down for roaches not too long ago Rad. but i they sell singles so i go there to buy uh single beers sometimes i i just let you know the spirit take me and who is the spirit uh the the roaches the cockroach oh spirit. i thought maybe you were talking about the comic book character who had an unsuccessful movie made out of him where if you look into the history it's like super racist he just had a sidekick which was essentially a hybrid of a monkey and a black person it's, mm -hmm. it's very brutal. Product of its time, perhaps. Racist, perhaps. Maybe both. Maybe definitely both. Anywho. Yeah, that was what I was talking about. But anyhow. Yeah, were you aware 
that uh, you can tweet at us at Bruce Day Tuesday. You can comment on the links at BruceTuesday.com. And if you want to email us, it's BruceDayTuesdayPodcast at gmail.com. Jedley, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. To smash that like button. On what? Smash what? it. Okay. Well, all right. Yeah, don't, don't let the bastards keep you down. Ring the bell. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Here comes the beer. Catch all your tears. Drink the remedy. Forget about your problems. Here comes the shot. Lose all your thoughts. Drink the remedy. Forget about your problems. This one's on me. Fix you for free. Drink the remedy. Forget about everything. This one's on me. Got what you need. And take your medicine. You feel better. Wow. I thought that this episode was fine. Was yeah, me too. Weird, right? Weird. It was totally fine.